bow our heads for prayer. Lord God, Heavenly Father, as we come to this last few days of preparation for the celebration of the birth of your Son, we pray that you would ever-increasingly focus our lives and, and hearts and the lives of those around us on the true celebration, the gift of a Savior, the gift of a God who comes to dwell among his people. Lord, in the midst of all of the trappings of the season, Help us to see Jesus ever more clearly. In his name we pray. Amen. Just a few days until we celebrate the birthday. The Gospel of Matthew reminds us that the birth of this child is no ordinary birth. The birth of Jesus took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Every time I read those words, I can't help but think of what Mary went through. We think that we have it bad today when we might have to admit to somebody in our culture or in our world that we're Christian. Yeah, I'm, I'm one of them. That somehow there's shame in being a follower of Jesus. We don't want to suffer the embarrassment or the ridicule. I think of this young woman, probably about 14 years of age at the time, who's told by the angel Gabriel that she's going to become pregnant by the Holy Spirit and give birth to the Most High. Son of God. Easy to keep quiet for a little while, I suppose. But at some point, she's going to have to say something to Joseph, her betrothed, that she's pregnant. Scripture does not record 
that conversation. But we can only imagine that it went something like this. And I know it's dangerous to make up conversations today. It's something like this, Joseph. Yes, Mary. Uh, I need to tell you something. Oh, what is it? You might want to sit down. Oh. Joseph, there's no easy way to say this, so I'm just going to come right out with it. I'm pregnant and the Father's God. What? I'm pregnant and the Father is God. I wonder if there was a long silence. I wonder what the first thoughts were that went through Joseph's head. My guess is that he didn't believe a word after the words, I'm pregnant. Probably being a few years older than Mary, perhaps he was even thinking, what a silly child. We know that he doesn't accept her reason because an angel has to come to him and who has to verify Mary's story with him. Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. He'd been thinking that Mary had been unfaithful to him, that she had committed the sin of adultery, and in order to keep her alive because he still had some love for her, he resolves to divorce her quietly. He doesn't want to publicly ridicule her or see that she receives the punishment of stoning to death. The Christmas story gets just a little more complicated when we dig into the emotions and the real-life situations that Mary faced and that were thrust upon Joseph without even his consent. She will bear a son. And you shall call his name Jesus. It's an ordinary name. Nothing special about it. In the Hebrew, Joshua. In the Greek, Jesus. He will save his people 
from their sins. Also, if you're going to be in, in charge of helping to raise the Son of God, you've got to wonder what he was thinking. This isn't the way that I thought life was going to go. This isn't what I signed up for. There's going to be this stigma attached to Mary and to Jesus. Joseph, you have no clue. You don't even know what's coming. You're going to have to go to Bethlehem, and while you're there, you're going to be warned in a dream again to flee to Egypt. You're going to have to leave family and friends and go to a place that you don't even know. And we think that we as Christians today have it so tough when we are called upon to publicly bear witness to the name of Jesus. We carry his name in the name of Jesus you are baptized. It's written on your foreheads and on your hearts, and it's one that the world needs to see. Because the world needs the hope that we have. The world needs to know that God is not a faraway God, a God who exists way out there somewhere, but who's not involved in our lives. Because you see, not only is his name Jesus, but God connects this Son of God to that prophecy from Isaiah. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. This is God in the flesh. This is something that's never happened before. This is an event that changes the world forever and changes the lives and the course of humanity. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. Those are the words we're going to hear from the Gospel of John. That the name of Jesus isn't just a faraway name, but it's a name that we wear. Somewhere along the line, in this Gospel of Matthew, as the time comes for the child to be born, we know that the star appears in the east and the wise men follow it to come and find the one born king. King of kings and lord of lords. The one born to be king of our hearts and of our lives. Now let me ask you this question. If, if, and I don't care who occupies it, it doesn't really matter. But if the President of the United States called you up on the phone personally and said, I want you to be my ambassador, 
my personal ambassador. Would you say no? Your first question might be, to where? Iowa. Think about that one, right? I want you to be an ambassador to Santa Fe, to New Mexico, to your neighbor. I am going to send to you an official ambassador kit, and you can put the name tag on that says presidential ambassador. And we'll give you a little credential card that proves it. Now, how many of you would keep that quiet? Or would you wear it boldly? I've been recognized by the president, and I'm his special ambassador. Where to? We'll, we'll not talk about that. You see, we wear the name of Jesus. We carry his title, Emmanuel, God with us. He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and yet we're afraid to be an ambassador because of what people might think of us. We have the instruction manual. The world needs to hear the name of Jesus. The world needs to know of the incredible love that God has in sending him into this world so that he can save his people, you and me, and those around us in our community and in our world, that he can save us from our sins, that he can heal that separation that exists between us and him and between us and our fellow human beings. In humanity, we tear ourselves apart all the time, thinking that what we think is most important and believing that what we believe is most important, and we begin to, to all of a sudden tear apart relationships and our own selfish behaviors in this world because we lose sight of what the gift truly is. This Prince of Peace who is to be born and whose birth we celebrate, comes into a messy world, comes through a messy situation, a woman pregnant out of wedlock, father who's perhaps a little reluctant, a baby born in a backwater town called Bethlehem and starts life in a manger with the animals.
becomes. And he comes to make a difference. We forget that. He comes to wash away the individual sins that we hold. To cleanse us and to restore us. That he comes to heal the hurts in this world and to bring people together. To point them not to their own selfishness. But to the selfless act of a savior who goes to a cross and dies. Pay for the sins. This isn't just a God far away. This is Emmanuel. This is God with us. Every breath we, we breathe and every step we take, every beat of our heart, every word that we speak, Emmanuel is with us. Don't be afraid to wear his name, to share his name, and to proclaim his birth. The world needs to hear it. Because you see, Jesus is the only answer, the only reason. He is the King of Kings, the Son of God, Jesus, Emmanuel. In his name, amen. Now may the peace of God, which passes all of our human understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the true faith of God in Christ Jesus into life everlasting. Amen.